Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for transitioning out of campus-based positions in education toward other opportunities. Hosts Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Studdard pivoted out of campus-based positions and have experienced success by translating our education skills into a new career path. With almost 16,000 downloads across our 35 episodes in our previous seasons, the need is clear and we're back for Season 3. For show notes and information about the podcast, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. Our inboxes are clear that you all need support with your pivot. Therefore, if you're thinking about pursuing an opportunity outside of your campus-based position or know someone who is, check out our website for pivoting resources and our consultation services. If you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating. Now, sit back and get ready to be inspired. Hello, and welcome to Pivoting Out of EDU. I'm Jamie Hoffman. And I'm Tom Studdard. And we are joined today with Lauren Branch. Um, Lauren, I'm really excited to have you on the show. One of our other guests, Liz Gross, introduced us to you and was really excited to be able to um, have you come and share your journey, particularly because I, I see that you've had a few sort of different p- pivots in your career. And I think that that's something that is really you know, great for people to know and hear about because it allows them to kind of think about what might might be possible in their path. So with that said, it would be great if you could share with us just a little bit about your background in higher ed, specifically campus-based positions, and then, you know, general uh, summary of where your path has led you and what you're doing today. Yeah, so I am happy to be here. Uh, Liz is probably going to be a tough act to follow, but I'll do the best that I can here. So background in higher ed, I think that would start for me. Uh, in undergrad, I was a sport management major who was also a manager of the basketball team, uh, who had, all had the intentions of becoming a basketball coach at that time, too. And, you know, even during undergrad, I was really involved on campus became vice president of the student org and wrote articles for the newsletter there. I also was a participant in uh, a program called The Hatch at Bowling Green State University, which is like an entrepreneurship program. They called it similar to like a, it's like a 10 week program, like Shark Tank, essentially, where there's like real investors at the end and you do a pitch and it's pretty cool. Uh, so that kind of turned me into like an ambassador for the College of Business as well during that undergrad time. Then in grad school, I got my MBA with a concentration in marketing, and I worked as a graduate assistant for the campus recreation department or the Office of Recreational Services. Let me correct myself there. The director there would have a fit if I didn't do that. <laughs> so that was my first like actual professional experience working in higher education in an actual paid professional position. And after grad school, I got my first full-time position at the University of Michigan School of Public Health and just a entry-level Marcom coordinator position. And then after that, I moved on to oversee marketing communications at campus, Recre- at campus recreation department at Colorado State. And then now I am at Campus Sonar uh, working as the demand generation strategist, which essentially is a more specialized marketing position. I kind of sit as, I'm kind of like a, I sit on the marketing team. And then I'm kind of a bridge between the marketing and the business development areas of our agency specifically. 
did I, did I hit everything there? Yeah, you absolutely did. And I have to admit, I get really excited when folks in sort of sales and marketing join us because that's the com- company that I work for does sales and marketing. And so uh, when I saw that you're in demand gen, and for those of for our listeners who don't know what demand gen is or demand generation, Lauren, maybe you can talk a little bit about what that field is so that folks sort of understand what that means, particularly if it's something that might interest them. Yeah, definitely. I would say that demand gen kind of sits between that the CRM and the CMS, you know, uh, areas specifically. And so for me, like what that looks like is I kind of put our inbound marketing tactics into action, uh, designing campaigns, overseeing our CRM and doing contact maintenance and all that good stuff too. Um, I also do also track and analyze those campaigns and not just design them, but also work with my fellow marketing team members to actually, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? To actually uh, start the campaigns, get them going, I guess. Like actually launch the campaigns um, and also track track and analyze them as they're going and at the end as well. Yeah, that's about like I oh, think the best summary I can get there. Oh, that's great. And I what I what I think is really cool there, Lauren, is that you know, when I talk to folks in who are looking to pivot, when Jamie and I do, we do consults, right? And you know, I, I typically describe some of the roles that people might be interested in if they're going into corporate. And of course, sort of the traditional ones rise up, right? Like learning and development, human resources, project management, perhaps customer success. But one that's sort of a challenge is marketing. And I typically talk about product marketing or customer marketing or perhaps even events marketing, but it's rare that demand gen or lead gen sort of enter the conversation. Um, and so I'm excited that you have that background. And, and really what's what's fantastic about your background is that you, you have this marketing sort of piece in higher ed. You were in student affairs, but you were doing a marketing role. And so I'm just curious, like, you know, what you learned in those campus-based positions as you were sort of going through, you know, ultimately um, making your way through Michigan and through through uh, Colorado. It's Colorado, right? You were in Colorado? Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. For some reason, it in my head at the last moment. I was like, wait, did I get that wrong? <laughs> but maybe if you can talk about like sort of the things that you learned in those campus-based positions that sort of have carried over to your new role, particularly for our listeners who are thinking like, how do I translate what I'm doing now into you know, a role like demand gen or lead gen or marketing as a whole. Yeah, Tom, that's a really good point that you brought up there at the beginning of your explanation and thoughts and question there. I think um, it can be hard. Like that, that is a reality of like, it can be, it can be difficult to kind of like figure out what are those transferable skills to actually be able to like verbalize them. Uh, that is definitely something I found was difficult for me to figure out and then also communicate during my interview process for this role. Because, you know, a lot of those marketers on campus are generalists versus, you know, having a specialty. And so for me, I think some of the things that were really helpful um, in helping me to reach this point in my career and be able to, you know, pivot out of higher ed, definitely having that experience in a team environment. You know, I work as a part of the marketing team where folks have their specializations. And we also have, you know, my supervisor is also like marketing director. So she's the one that's more of a generalist. The rest of us have that specialty experience. And that's something that I experienced when I first started working in higher ed marketing at School of Public Health at University of Michigan. 
that was, that team was set up very similarly and it was actually even bigger than the team I'm currently on. Uh, so I was able to bring that experience with me. I think the written and verbal communication was something else that, that Bree, my supervisor would tell you, like, that's what she told me stood out as I was uh, interviewing for the position as strengths uh, coming into this. So that's something else I think was important. And also those roles that I was in on campus were newly created roles. And then so was this one. So uh, that's not an uncommon thing that we see for marketers on campus roles. And that's something that can definitely be beneficial for folks who are looking to move to on-campus positions as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Some of the things that cross mind first. No, that's great. So like, I'll admit when I think of sort of marketing and communication in higher education, I think more along the lines of the creative or the advertising or some of the some of the other sort of aspects of marketing that are not lead gen or demand gen. And so what how did you end up in demand gen? Like of all the places that you could have gotten to, like how did you get there as opposed to maybe landing in creative or landing in events or landing in product or something along those lines? Yeah, for sure. Great question. So part of it for me was Again, because I had more of a marketing, marketing generalist background, I wanted to specialize that I wanted to kind of like dig in deeper uh, into in whatever my next role was when I decided to leave higher ed. And so that was part of it. What also drew me to this particular position was Campus Sonar, a uh, former colleague who no longer works at Campus Sonar, Beth Miller and Liz and just this company, generally speaking. and. You know, I knew that it was going to be a challenge, but one that was that I that I was uh, that a welcome challenge for me, at least to kind of make that pivot and to do something new and to dive deeper into a specific aspect of marketing. And I think, you know, that's something that I didn't necessarily touch on in my explanation about the role is that, like, I definitely get to tap into that creativity when we're looking at like how do I create these process? Like, what does this lead scoring look like? How do I create these processes of getting, of nurturing contacts from new contact to being an NQL to being an SQL and all that good stuff too. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of creativity that has to go into what that looks like just because, you know, we are very uh, niche agency. Yeah. Hopefully that answers that. um, You know, what would be cool is if you can just, share for someone if they've never heard of Campus Sonar, um, if you, you can just kind of summarize what um, the company does. And then get we're digging in here more about your position specifically, because we actually, I don't think we've had anyone that's gone really deep in talking about marketing. And so that said, I think it would be interesting once we once you share about Campus Sonar, um, what is it that you find that you like? I mean, I know with your background in athletics and then communication at the university, you're curious sort of what are the things in the day-to-day that you like in this role and, and what are things that maybe you miss, if, if any? Yeah, for sure. Great question. Okay, so starting with, wait, what was the first half of the question again? I'm sorry. What does, uh, can you summarize what Campus Sonar does? There we go. Thank you. I've, my brain started going back into the position. Uh, so Campus Sonar is a social listening agency. And so what that means is that we tap into social listening software and analyze online conversations for our clients. So that, you know, if I had to summarize, like, 
what that really does, like at the end of the day, is essentially we help our clients to gain perspective and also actionable insights on the side of their brand that is earned and not the side that they are producing and portraying themselves, if that makes sense. So yeah, that's how I would summarize, you know, what social listening is and how we use it for our clients. And, you know, we do that in different specialized, personalized ways, depending on what, uh, what the campus goals are. Yeah. Um, hey, wait, 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 Lauren. I have like, I, I have just like a totally like, like <laughs> Go for so it. what I hear, when I hear you explain that, it feels very much like, you know, when I'm talking to Alexa and... 10 minutes later, um, my Facebook is now telling, it's telling me to go look for something that I just spoke with Alexa about. Um, and so that's what it sort of feels like, but I can't imagine that that's what it is. Are you, are you like analyzing social media channels of like students on a college campus and then, and then like giving them the analytics at the high level? Are you telling them like, Hey, this student said this about you? Um, like, like help me understand sort of like, cause social listening, I'll be honest, I've not heard of that field before. So I'm, I'm sort of a little bit interested in it. Yeah. Okay. Great question. So the depth at which we are diving into that online conversation really depends on, again, like what are the client's goals and like, what are, what are we trying to help them achieve? What are the questions that they, they need answers to things of that nature? Um, but one thing I will say is we are definitely not like, it's definitely not on that Alexa level, right? Like it's not like, it's not like stalking. Yeah, she knows everything about me. It's a little bit concerning at times. <laughs> yeah, totally understandable. So it's not like online stuff. Quite handy too, though, right, Tom? <laughs> Sometimes quite handy because you're like, well, actually, thank you. I did actually need to buy that. And now you've served up a, a good... She knows when I'm going on vacation and it never fails that she surfaces up things like it's time to buy a swimsuit. I'm like, how did you know I was going on a vacation? It's just yeah. so random. So Sorry, Lauren, we don't mean to d- d- distract from what you were talking about. I'm just fascinated <laughs> by what, what it is that your, your organization does. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's definitely at that higher level, Tom, to answer your question, you know, more directly, it's definitely at that higher level. And, you know, we can go in and find specific tweets and conversations, but we're not like searching by username or anything like that, right? Like the software that we use, like you would have to get one of our analysts in here to to explain more of the technicalities, but it specifically just pulls in all the conversation based on like words like query and Boolean, like so very technical terms, like for how I know what what Boolean is. is Nice. That's awesome. I'm I, glad, yes, I'm glad I do you know what Boolean is. <laughs> I'm definitely going to share that back with some scenarios. They'll be excited to hear that uh, someone out there knew what Boolean was. But yeah, so those, like, it, it just pulls in that online conversation based on how those uh, queries are written. Um, and they can be really focused. Like, if you want it to, you, it can include all of your athletics data for a campus, or it, it, could, it could be excluded. Or we could focus on specifically like the College of Business for Bowling Green State University, for example, conversation. Or like, you know, we also do crisis management. So we could also be monitoring a crisis um, for a specific campus on specific incident, things of that nature, or looking at a specific time period. Yeah, I think that's about like the best summary that I can give as someone who isn't necessarily doing all the uh, analyst side myself. Okay, that was that was perfect. I really appreciate that. So I'm, I know that you were like in the middle of answering Jamie's forty part question. So Jamie, do you want? <laughs> okay, it was two parts, <laughs> but it is uh, it is late um, in the day, especially if you're 
on a later coast. Um, but no, my question, uh, the last piece was just like, what do you, I guess it's three parts. Cause it was, what do you, what do you like about uh, the role? And then what do you miss? Yeah. What I like is I definitely, I have really enjoyed getting to do more of a deep dive into a specific area of marketing. Right. So that's been something that I've really enjoyed. And specifically for me being that data and analytics side, because that was always something that I wanted to dive deeper into. But, you know, folks on campus wear so many hats, like you might only be able to do a report, you know, once a semester uh, and things of that nature. Um, But being able to dive deeper into those areas specifically for me are something that I have really enjoyed. Something else that's kind of like interesting, definitely not something I came in thinking would come up for me like almost a year into this role, is I've actually enjoyed being able to see higher ed from like an outside lens and like watch the folks who actually do trickle into our CRM and like, what are those roles? What do those teams look like? And, you know, I've worked in athletics, academics and student affairs. And so being able to see like what the variety of folks are, who those variety of the folks are and what they look like across the, and what their teams look like and what their roles look like and things of that nature, being able to get that, see that lens as the person who spends the most time in our CRM. Uh, has been really interesting for me. It's something I've enjoyed um, and appreciated. Things that I'm missing. This was on the list that Jamie sent me, and I like I had a hard time trying to think about that piece. Um, I think one of the things that I miss is uh, having the opportunity to work with students. Um, one of the reasons why I went from campus recreation into academics and then back to campus recreation was because I missed that student piece um, and being able to do some supervising and mentoring of students as they're learning while also giving them real world experience that they'll be able to utilize after graduation. So that's definitely something that I miss those students and learning from them too, for that matter, because it was definitely a two-way street as far as that went. I learned a lot from my uh, student team back at Colorado State and also my student team back at the University of Toledo too. Yeah, those are top of mind things for me there. I I think that most folks answer that question with missing the students. I think that that's a a very common, you know, that's why we go into higher ed or to student affairs or even athletics, right? Is like, you know, there's a desire to sort of impact the the collegiate experience for those who are coming after us. And yeah. I know, you know, I miss the students. Uh, you know, it's as much as I I get out of, um, I, I get a lot of um, excitement about working with our customers and working with my colleagues. Certainly there's an aspect of that sort of the mentoring and the the coaching and the sort of the student development aspect that, that you don't get. Um, uh, and, and I certainly, certainly understand that. Like I said, I'm sort of geeking out about sort of your role and particularly because like, like Jamie said, we just don't have a lot of folks that, that come onto the show that are in sort of sales and marketing. Um, and so I, I really appreciate that you've had that, that you have that background and, and that you, you've agreed to be on the show with us, you know, for folks who are looking to make their first pivot out of a campus-based position, um, whether it be into demand gen marketing or anything else, can you sort of sum up in one sentence what advice you might have for that that person out there? Yeah, absolutely. And Tom, you actually um, triggered another thought I want to go backwards to here. Something that I'm enjoying. Yeah, so I, something I'm enjoying specifically working at a higher ed adjacent agency that is like we exist to be in support of higher ed as an industry, right? 
and something that I, that's that particular piece is something that I've, I've been enjoying as well. Like, you know, I left higher education for some very specific reasons, but also it's an industry that is not only uh, a necessity, gener- generally speaking, but also one that I have been really appreciative of as a uh, first gen co- college graduate. And so being able to be in support of the industry and provide, be part of a group and organization that is providing a service that could help to improve the way that we serve uh, the world and students specifically is something that I've really appreciated being a part of and can actually see it in our client responses and um, some of like the industry responses and engagements that we've had. And um, I'm actually going to have my chance to see some of it in person going to a conference pretty soon here for the first time in years. So that'll be really cool. So going back to your one sentence question, uh, I just want to make sure I got that off my chest too. <laughs> no, I appreciate uh, that. Thank you for that. Yeah. So my advice in a run on sentence uh, <laughs> would just be, you know, take a look at your skills and expertise, analyze and understand them because it'll be important part. It'll be important to, for you to be able to con- confidently communicate those like strong transferable skills that you've worked so hard to build. And there is an opportunity out there with somewhere with your name on it. That would be my advice there. Well, I certainly appreciate that advice. And like I said, I'm, I'm super thankful that you joined us for this. I know that there are folks out there that are, you know, just in a quandary of like, what can I do? What are my transferable skills? How am I marketable? And for them to hear that there are people out there in so many different areas of corporate, nonprofit, government work, education adjacent, um, you know, it just, it, it, it sort of puts a lens on the fact that education people can do anything, right? We can Absolutely. we can literally go into any company, we can go into any organization and we have those transferable skills. You know, I was speaking with somebody even today, um, uh, you know, who was, who was interviewing for a role here at, at the company that I work at. And, you know, I reminded this person, like, it, it, you have the skills. It, it's just a matter of, of, do we have an opening really? Because at the end of the day, like higher ed people are expected to, they're expected to be strategic. They're expected to firefight. They're expected to, organize all those skills are in every role that is necessary, no matter where, where you go. Once you learn the lingo, it's like, you've been here forever. So um, really appreciate you joining us for this episode for all of our listeners out there. Please stay tuned next week for the next episode of pivoting out of EDU. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to my colleague, Jamie, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. For show notes and more information about the podcast and our consultation services, visit pivotingoutofedu.com.